What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. All right, you are locked in, locked on, involved in another episode of What Is This Behaviour podcast, a show where free South Asian creatives currently based in London speak to other South Asian people around the world who are going against the grain to help redefine what it means to be a South Asian living in the world today. I've got that intro down to a, to a T, I would say. And when I say I, I is me, me is I, and I am Ruben Christian. One third of the What Is His Behaviour trio, alongside my brother, filmmaker Aaron Christian, and Almas, artist and all-round multi-potentialite creative boss in the game. Um, if you are new to the show, welcome to the family. Good to have you on board. I hope you're still with me after this introduction so far, if you are. I'd already say your family. Um, if you are a regular listener, welcome back on board to the ship, to the boat. No, not boat, man. We've progressed past wooden boats, man. We're, this is a ship, man. Welcome back on board the ship, my friends. I hope you are well. Now, today's guest is the first comedian we've had on the show. <laughs> I'm laughing already. It was a hell of a great chat. He goes by the name of Sundavi. I he correct me on the pronunciation of his name, and I'm sure he does with a lot of people. Um, he's Canadian Tamil, currently living in the big smoke here in London. Um, working working his normal job because he's responsible like that. Um, although the, the dream that is unfolding at the moment is a comedy-based dream. He's a comic. He's a comedian. He does a lot of, um, well, when we weren't in lockdown, a lot of stand-up live shows um, in Canada. Um, trying to get that popping in London just before lockdown, but lockdown hit. He's also, <laughs> he's going in on Instagram and TikTok. And I would say his work, I mean... His work is very broad, man. He unplugged with, with his comedy as a vehicle. He opens conversation around diversity and inclusion and politics, not just like world politics, but gender politics. Just he just calls bullshit on all bullshit. And that's why I absolutely love him. Um, in the podcast, we talk about everything from those things I've just said, but also the state of the entertainment industry now in the digital age. And also, if you're an artist, be it a comic or a musician or whatever artist you are, like how can you find your audience without really trying to go super hard down the mainstream route? Um, I mean, spoiler alert, but it's actually focusing in on your niche and growing it over time. But anyway, we get into all of that. Um, and I think the last thing I would say before I let you guys listen uh, to the interview is that Sundar came over here and took my job. You'll, <laughs> you'll hear about it later on in the show, right? But I used to host this um, Kings of Ghana Tamil dance event in um, Troxy, where all the universities would come together and clash. I've done that two years in a row. And on the third year, I'm like, they didn't give me a call back. I didn't know what was going on. A couple months later, Sunda hits me on uh, Instagram. He's like, hey, bro, how are you, man? Uh, just to let you know, I hosted the uh, Kings of Ghana competition. Anyway, I'm just making some connections here in London. Do you want to go out for a coffee and meet? 
I tell you what, yeah. You see these, you see these foreigners, yeah. They come over here, don't they? They come over here with their niche skill set, the ability to speak all these, the bilingual skill set that I don't have, and they come over here and they take my jobs, don't they? That's what they do. Anyway, let's get on with it. I hope you enjoy it. It's a good one. What is this behavior? So I, my, my day job, I work in marketing for a Canadian bank. Uh, ah, okay. So, um, yeah, it keeps me busy, but uh, nothing interesting. <laughs> is this Have your... you got a proper podcast set up? Sorry, Rubes. This is, it just sounds so crisp. Yeah, yeah was... do you love my mic setup? <laughs> so what happened was I bought There's this... There's a joke in there. I bought this mic uh, at the beginning of lockdown, lockdown one, with the anticipation of starting my own podcast. But obviously, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was dope, bro. It sounds yeah. so good. You've got that kind of headspace voice, anyway. So I think that was perfect for the pod. And uh, yeah, you got a really dreamy voice, bro. You got a really <laughs> dreamy is the right word. Dreamy, low, low octave, dreamy voice that can do like storytelling meditation kind yeah. of stuff nighttime no, stories fu <laughs> fuck that ruben it, that is it's actually the best voice for n the art of negotiation you know that <laughs> book they call it the they say it actually put on the what is it late night radio voice yeah when you want to uh basically get people to sign everything over to you so oh sick oh, yeah. shit, I, I, what's your what's your late night radio voice aaron Mine, I don't, I haven't let's, actually tested all, it. We should all just go for it. What is it? You're listening to Al Masbazat. This is um, 11 p.m. <laughs> on a, and we're listening. Did you remember Jenny Francis on radio? Yeah, I do. Yeah, she's sick. Yeah, though. she had the sick, sick evening voice or 2 a.m. voice. Rubes, like what's you yours? To, I feel Go like you have to come straight up, like closer to the mic when you do a radio voice. Like this. Instead. Oh my God. Oh my it's 4.30 p.m. You're listening to What Is This Behavior <laughs> podcast. <laughs> keep going, so keep dreamy. going. No, 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 keep going, keep going, Santa. Keep going. What was you gonna say? I'm your special guest, Sundar V, on what is behavior today, and I'm so delighted to be with you guys today. <laughs> oh my god! You know I'm what? It's slow, it's, I'm it's melting. Slowly, it's slowly veering into those um, porn podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not porn's the wrong word. It's actually uh, it's called something. They have a have a actual name, right? What are they called? Erotic. Um, erotic. Er that's it. Erotic kind of uh, stories or something. Like erotic that. bedtime stories. Yeah, I think there's well, a podcast for I, um, that. Alma sent a me a podcast? podcast. She's like, Ruben, stop no, watching porn. Listen to this. You sent me. An I app. sent you actual porn. No, I sent. I sent you act like <laughs> it's audio. Yeah, we were talking porn, about right? porn, yeah, yeah, and I was like, it, "Why porn, don't you yeah. try this?" And it's really cool. I like it. Um, uh, yeah. Hello, Santa. By the way, how do we um, pronounce your name? So I was just gonna say, yeah. I can, I can, I can coach you through that first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Sunder. Let's start there. Sunder. 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 Yeah. Okay. Got it. Sunder. Sunder. Sunder V. Sundar V is the last name Mike in the Northern, so yeah. Sundar. Sorry Wonderful. for calling you something totally Santar, don't worry. All the white people love that. They're like, Yeah, Santar, that's a great name. What does that mean? Um, yeah, but no, it's Sundar. Do you do you correct a, nice. do you collect, correct people a lot a lot of the time? So sad thing is I have a white name for work. 
Um, uh-huh. So I just go by Sunny at work for the white people. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah, because people love that. And it's also my work brand. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Your, wait, your work brand? Yeah. So like all of my professional entity goes by Sunny. Right. It's my employer brand, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Employable yeah. brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And yourself as an artist, what mm-hmm. name do you go by? Uh. For the most part, I go by Sundar, yeah. Sundar, okay. So, yeah. Right, just to give these two contexts, Aaron mm. and Almas, because this is the first time they're meeting you yeah. via the audio waves. Um, so you and I met, was it about a year ago now? Maybe yeah, over a year like ago. Yeah, it was like weeks before the lockdown, I feel. Yeah, just before the lockdown, right? Yeah. Um, and can you remember who put us in contact? Was it Ara? <sighs> No, I think I just creeped you online, man. Oh shit! Man. <laughs> because because yeah, you hosted you hosted Kings of Ghana the year before that's... me, and I hosted it last year. Oh, that's it. And you then I was like, gig. "Who was the dude <laughs> who hosted it last year?" And you were like, "Who's the dude who did it this year?" <laughs> <laughs> so, ba- so basically, for those that don't know, so Kings of Ghana. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is uh, how do I pronounce your name again? I need to write this down for next. Sunder. Sunder. Okay. Yeah. So. It's a, a Tamil, it's a, it's a style of dance, a Tamil style of dance, right? Mm-hmm. Ga- Ghana, Ghana. Yeah. yeah. And every year they have a competition. And that's for the last few years, it's been in Troxy in London, mm. where loads of different universities, dance troops get together and they battle it out. Um, and I hosted it two years in a row. Um, and then on the third year, I didn't get a call. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought all right. Life goes on. I know what this industry is like. It's up and down, and you got to be resilient. <laughs> then you find me on Instagram. You're like, "Ah, oh, how are you, man? Like, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that took your job. Do you want to meet?" So I was like, "Yeah, of course." So anyway, so then we met, and we just like, because you had just had you just come over from Canada at the yeah, time. Yeah, literally moved in what October of 2019. Yeah, so at, just a couple of months. Right, and you're based in London now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so so we met and we just chopped it out for a couple of hours. You were just saying that uh, you're new to London and you're a comedian. You're just doing loads of like bits over here and just want to understand what's happening mm. in the creative scene, especially within the like niched comedy scene. Mm-hmm. So that was what our conversation was really based on and, and how we connected. Yeah. I have no idea if any of the stuff I was saying or any of the advice I was giving was helpful at all. You're going to have to tell me. No, I think I think it was good. I, I mean, obviously there wasn't any follow up because lockdowns and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But I think you kind of set a scene of what it was like pre-pandemic. I'm sure shit has changed. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it was, it was good. It was good connecting. Yeah. Okay. And then I re- and then I realized what a big star you were at Westfield because wherever <laughs> we were walking, it was like, oh, Ruben, Ruben, Ruben. That that uh, was all planned. <laughs> it was all planned, right? Yeah, yeah he took it. He took a very specific route. I think it's, 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 he, <laughs> he, he wanted he wanted to show me that even though I stole his gig, he was still the king of town. Yes. <laughs> Let me take you around my bit. You know what? Let me show this clown that I know people in it. Do you like know I who just, I am? I just broadcast. Or I've got a WhatsApp group called Plants, and I just broadcast to all. I said five pounds. Anyone could turn up at these spots, and they all turned up. So, <laughs> all right so so since then lockdown has kicked off in london so mm-hmm. i mean welcome i guess this is the welcome from london that you're getting yeah. how, how are you finding it 
like living, working and just being connected to communities over here? I don't know. Like, I mean, the first, I think it's in, it's all in the series now, right? So lockdown one, lockdown two, lockdown three, and it just gradually <laughs> <Yeah>. got worse. <laughs> the first yeah. one, we were like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, we get to work from home. We don't need to commute. We don't need to get in the tube. Um, and it was, you know, all right. And then, you know, and I was still doing my workouts. I was running and doing the runs and, you know, not, not like Ruben, but, you know, to, to, to my best extent. Um, and uh, lockdown one was fine. Lockdown two was like, okay, this again, cool, you know, whatever. Lockdown three was completely a, a shit show for me. I just didn't feel, I think it was also the time of the year, you know, it's winter, um, you know, typical, typically the, the time of the year when you're celebrating, when you're with friends, um, with family and so yeah, the last the last lockdown was or the one that we're still in technically, um, was the shittiest for me. <laughs> Especially being new to the city and not being able to explore, uh, do comedy for one, mm. um, has been, yeah, was really shitty for me. So, um, but also great growth uh, online during that time for me, um, sort of building community and connecting. Um, with other Tamil folks and other folks around the world um, that I don't think I would have sat down and connected with before. Mm. Um, so that's been good in that sense. So I guess there's some good stuff out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one though, right? Because I'm sure you would have had, did you have kind of like things planned out and mapped up mapped out even and then people that you really wanted to connect with before you came down or was like how did that even come about like can you just maybe kind of circle back and tell us like why you know when why you actually moved over like what was it was that yeah to do with your creative side of things or is it just to do with your other work kind of um, yeah i think i was just uh, yeah i mean I, I think i was just at a point in my life where I, I wanted something different um from from the day to day and the other thing was, um, I this is something I, I, I was thinking about right out of university, just moving elsewhere and working elsewhere and doing that uh, sort of thing, um, especially the accessibility from a Canadian perspective to live and work in the UK is different for uh, people under 30. So I was racing the clock to make this visa situation work for me because there's a youth mobility visa that people under 30 can take advantage of on both sides to live and work in either country for two years. Um, and so that was sort of my like, okay, this is my last opportunity before I turn 31. So I turned 31 um, two weeks after I got here. Um, so I was kind of racing the clock on that. And then the other thing was comedy. Um, I had done comedy in Toronto um, and basically I was the, you know, the only sort of Tamil queer um, comedian in the scene in Toronto, or I mean, at this point, maybe even globally, who knows, um, and doing stand up about me. And so I've been able to build a lot of traction with that in the community in Toronto. And I thought what I, I was very interested in seeing how that would play out with um, the Tamil, Brown, South Asian community outside of Toronto in another context. Um, so that was the driver sort of on another note from a creative perspective. That was one of the reasons why I came. Obviously, other personal reasons just to get out here and, um, 
you know, live my best life, as they say, um, <laughs> yeah. um, was was definitely a driver as well to, you know, a bigger, you know, world class city as it as London was or is. Um, but um, yeah. How how have you been received um, in the different communities that you've been sort of exposing yourself to or exploring? In, in London, particularly? Um, I guess maybe in comparison. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I have to be honest. I mean, in terms of London, I haven't really explored it enough to to comment True. on it with mm. the Tamil community in particularly. Um, it's been an interesting ride um, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like any South Asian or brown community, um, and I say both after listening to your brown South Asian <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think we've moved away from brown, you know, it's interesting, but you've, you're covering all the bases. Yeah, um, it's funny because I was listening to that and I was like, no, I, I, I still prefer brown over South Asian, but that's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and and I think Ruben and I briefly touched on this when we, when we first met up and like part of my brand, I mean, in terms of as a comedian or as an artist, I never want to be singled out because I'm queer. I want that to be an addition. Mm. And that kind of ties back to the fact, you know, around this labeling around brown and South Asian, you know, you don't want to be famous because you're South Asian or because you're brown. You want to be famous or, or good at what you do and respected because of your art form. Um, and then the add-on, right? And then the fact that you're, you're South Asian or you're brown or you're queer or whatever those identities that you fall into. Um, and be, not because of those identities, but because of the things you've had to overcome because of that identity. Mm. So I think, yeah, from a reception standpoint, it's been interesting to see just internally in, in, in terms of our community, how I've been been building that credibility is not on the fact that I'm a queer Tamil person, but the fact that I'm a funny Tamil person. Um, and then, you know, making inroads from there to sort of say, okay, you know, if you go on my Instagram by, for example, you won't see off the bat, okay, I, I don't put up, you know, queer Tamil Canadian comedian, you know, in my bio, I'm like, I'm just a Tamil Canadian comedian. Um, it's, one, not to scare off people, but at the same time, um, kind of be known for my art form as opposed to my existence and my sexuality, if that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, I think we um, we do that quite a bit, don't we? Where, we? where our identifiers tend to sometimes overshadow our actual like person, the mm. personality, the qualities that we have. And it's we're in such an, um, it's such an interesting space because the my preference for who I want to date um doesn't def actually define me mm -hmm. that's that's one of my preferences so I totally hear you do you do you find that depending on the generation that is in contact with you or watching your work they they approach you or or they view you from a different lens like do you find that the older generation would see you as a queer comedian, whereas the younger generation would see you as a comedian? It's mm, a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think in terms of how, who I see as my primary audience are what I think is who are the change makers, who are the people who are going to be able to, uh, not just for me, but for queer generations to come, um, be able to be the voices, be able to 
create change in these communities where traditionally, over the last couple of years at least, um, it's been very difficult for LGBTQ people. So that is my main audience. I don't really care for um, my parents' generation or an older generation <laughs> than that. You know, um, and not only that, but, you know, I'm not going to make dick sucking jokes in front of that generation either. But don't you think, yeah, just to push back on not making dick sucking jokes in front of them. Don't you don't you think that there's some good work to be done there by making those jokes and opening the conversation? Or do you feel it's too far gone? I, I you know what I think I don't think it's too far gone, but I do. Um, think there is a way of easing a community yeah, or people a diff- into wow. a different approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Rubes, I think it's about reading the room. Sorry. No, no, go like, ahead. Go ahead. Just like, yeah, yeah. I just think, I think that's important, <laughs> right? Like, because you know what it is. Like, I, well, I'm, I'm making a statement here on Rubes, but I know like when Ruben wants to, he's really like, hasn't, he's adamant about an idea. He really is, feels super strongly about it. Mm. And like, we have very different personalities. Like I always think, okay, if you can't approach it this way, what's the softer way of approaching it from a different angle? So is that kind of what you were leaning towards in terms of just kind of figuring out different approaches? Yeah, a hundred percent. And not just with older generations, but also with, even within our generation, you know, you don't need to look far for the homophobia, the uh, you know, mm. the toxic masculinity, all of those sort of things that exist within our community. Um, mm. Those things are so pervasive that to actually tackle them, it's you can't you can't go in guns blazing and be like, you know what, you're homophobic, so mm. like, mm. or like you're just you're just mm. saying that because you're homophobic, or like you're just toxic, like and canceling people and all of these things like that. Yes, I mean, it, it. people do that out of emotion and people do that because, it, you know, pain and trauma that comes with all of the things that yeah. got me to this point. But how are you going to make inroads and how are you going to make people listen to you and back you is, um, you know, building sort of bridges mm-hmm. from and meeting people where they are, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I have to think about like, even you know me being at this point in my life i and i and i and i still struggle with you know toxic masculinity and internalized homophobia and all those things that still inform how i act and how i react to things mm. uh so i need to provide that sort of you know lens to when i'm reaching out to an audience at, at any age group or any background um in terms of easing them into my life as opposed to um you know and it, it's funny because I would say these things, but then I would have you come to one of my shows or one of my <laughs> sets, and you know, I I might have a few jokes in the uh, in the beginning that you know are generic jokes. Okay, lockdown sucks. Blah 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 blah, and then I would throw in there, you know, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's been a while since I sucked a dick. Like so, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like people. Are, that's that's funny, right? And that's not like. It's, it's like, okay, I, I, I appreciate the fact that that's funny, but then I also understand, okay, wait, this guy's gay and he's funny and he has more to him than that. And so then yeah. it's a visibility as well to say, okay, these, this, you know, whatever preconceptions, conceptions we might have about queer people or people we don't know in general can be resolved through proper conversations and interesting storytelling is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh man, I... I, I, I totally I totally agree. And to go back a little bit to address Aaron's point, I think Aaron Aaron's absolutely right, man. Like 
I know I've got a lot of work to do around my triggers. There's yeah. certain things that I'm extremely passionate about and there's certain like non-negotiable things and values that I stand for and, and things that I just utterly oppose. Um, and when I mm. feel those things literally embody a certain feeling, I find it hard not to react in a really passionate way. And to be mm. honest with you, like all of you, like Aaron and Almas knows that I've been sacked from near enough every job I've ever attempted to do. So comedy was the only place back, back in the day when I used to do stand up where I felt I could literally be myself mm. Um, mm. without getting sacked. So I do I do know. <laughs> I mean, I did get sacked from a couple of gigs. I got, <laughs> you know what I mean, but shit happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do understand that. And I think I am trying to work on um, taking your advice there, man. Like getting the ideas across, but via different Still methods. not compromising. Yeah, yeah not, not compromising, compromising. The, the heart of the idea. Yeah. The values. Um, yeah. But oh, the values even better, yeah. Has it always but, been like um, that? approaching it? Has it always been like that though? Has it, or have it, has that come with maturity, that approach? I think. I mean, I think it's. It. I. I don't think I would have been able to define it as such earlier in my life. I think mm -hmm. now I'm seeing a pattern of, in terms of how I've been able to navigate my queerness and and coming out with mm. um my cousins or my friends or my family my parents um it, it wasn't just uh you know i'm gonna make a youtube video me coming out to my mom and you know just like you know it's it's not a it's not one of those things that just happens yeah because um, we talked about that when we first met didn't we yeah Th those challenges that you were navigating yeah. And so I think that probably informs the way that I approach these things as well in real life is just that um, meeting meeting people where they're at and sort of coaching them and bringing them along um, to where I want them to be progressively. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess from for, for me, I think it's, it's very personal in terms of um, how I've been able to let people appreciate me for who I am. And then suddenly if I hear things, for example, if I hear friends who I've grown up with or family members even saying homophobic things or things like that in the past, you know, before I was able to come out, I would just challenge them on those ideas and say, mm. oh, why is that gay? <laughs> Can you elaborate mm. on that? Do you know what mm. the meaning of gay is? Can you, you know, just like subtle things like that or, you know, so. Um, How did they react? during those those moments during those things like i've still been in conversations where people are a bit awkward it's like oh you know what i mean and i'm like no i actually don't know what you mean <laughs> yeah, by yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um, but so. you know what it's it's good because sometimes it probably is just like i'm not making an excuse but people were like they don't actually think mm. right mm -hmm. so it kind of rolls off the tongue it could have been habit bad habit and and um yeah, they're just they're just not even aware of what's actually rolling off. So like, I think I think it is important that you're stopping that you're kind of like cutting that right and yeah. stopping them and getting them to yeah. reflect. Um, yeah, and just opening up that space for. Um, sometimes we just speak, don't we? And we don't really think about the intention or the impact. And so I think yeah, when you stop and like and say, oh, well, what did you mean by that? And then then you start to interrogate what, like saying queer or gay specifically when people say that's gay mm. like you start to think well what are what does that mean what does being gay mean what am I trying to say and mm. then is that also how I feel about being gay or someone being gay 
yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, totally opens up that conversation. It's about interrupting patterns, isn't it? Like we've been socialized into so many, like t- we've been socialized into normalizing such bullshit that mm. unless the pattern yeah. is constantly interrupted, sometimes even via a shocking way, like it just stays baked in to culture. Mm. So to the yeah. point where we're like, we, sometimes we defend it. We're like, oh, but I've always said that. Or yeah. like, it's not that deep or yeah. whatever. Not thinking about how, we're just not thinking about anything beyond, I suppose, our own immediate worlds. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you think, com- because you know what, I'll be super, super honest. Like I remember like, we, me and Ruben were raised super kind of Christian and Catholic. And like when we're young, you always kind of just follow what your parents and what your really close community teaches you. So the way we were brought up, it was like to be gay was, was a sin, mm. right? And it was only when I... I think I actually started to experience the world in a different way. So like, because I kind of navigated my career through fashion and then my first encounters with people from the gay and queer community were through Topshop. So I was like a stylist there. And then you're like, it's the first time you're like, oh shit, actually you start questioning stuff, right? Um, and like, my point was, I think, do you feel, and as I've kind of developed it, there's, and it does take a conscious effort. Maybe loads of people don't actually want to spend the time reworking and thinking old, I guess, tired ideals that they really need to check themselves. But I've found, and I do have a point here and I'm going to get to it. I found that whenever there were um, areas, social areas that I didn't understand, so even like the trans community and stuff, whenever I watched comedy, it broke all of these kind of boundaries and it just was like, such a great entry point to kind of understanding a culture that was so alien to me and any of these kind of like stereotypes that I would have had you know in my head that I didn't really spend any time examining would have been shattered and broken and it was such a it was such a step forward Mm. so is that how do you feel like how do you work comedy into that type of stuff is that an angle that you tend to take like as like a a way to educate as well or do you just approach comedy from like a purist like whatever you find funny yeah so i mean yes and no i i want to sort of talk about comedy in general being a vehicle for not just progressive in terms of moving society forward but also uh can be very damaging to lgbtq and marginalized communities especially um when you're having you know, dare I say it, you know, cis, straight, white men doing comedy. Um, <laughs> it, it always, you know, it's always, it, I mean, especially in the past, um, uh, has been at the expense of um, marginalized folks. I know Tamil people who um, who have come to my show and never been to a comedy show because they don't want to be picked on in the audience. To, wow. to be like, oh, you're Tamil, mm. like you must have a long last name, like easy, like, yeah. you know. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging yeah, fruit yeah, and yeah, fruit yeah. stupid it's on the floor. jokes, right? Yeah. It's on the floor, yeah. it's just a seed. Yeah, so there's that. And then yeah. there's also, you know, um, jokes that are, you know, from from a Tamil perspective, comedy in the stand-up art form is is fairly new. I'm sure there's other sort of, um, you know, the same type of comedy, just not as stand-up as we know it in terms of the in the Western world. But um, it's a new space because, you know, I'm on stage. I'm not in a movie. It's not a punchline in a in a three-hour film um, or like comedy in in films and things like that so the the 
the comedy that we consume is also something that um, informs our uh, ideas, our politics, our social behaviors, and what we think is right and wrong. So, you know, Aaron, you said that you learned a lot from comedy. And for me, I kind of had the opposite experience um, with the media that I grew up with, you know. Uh, mm. Yeah, so, sorry, just a bit yeah. of context. When I said the comedy, it was actually specifically from those people in the community owning mm, the yeah. comedy rather than like, you know, a straight white guy <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about the gay community. It was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. But, but and, yeah, I guess, I guess it's so nuanced. Yes. So yeah. I mean, and for the most part, like, yeah, I mean, not everybody is, um, not everybody gets to go to those, to those places or see as many uh, queer artists or um, comedians perform. And so when you, um, in Toronto, at least, the scene is 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 fairly new. Yes, they're I mean they've been around for a while, but from a Dummel and Brown perspective, to have um, uh, to have someone who is you know visibly queer talking about these things um, is new. And um, so when I was doing it and when I am doing it, that's one of the things that I think about is that okay, I'm inviting people to experience me know about me know about the community um and what are they going to take away from this and it's not just uh you know not just a laugh but how can i um you find the balance between a comedy show and a ted talk in terms of what they take away from it <laughs> um yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah that's yeah kind of what i'm hoping to do um when i when i do get up back on the stage as well yeah i can i can clearly see that you do that like from the output, um, and this is just online because I've yet to see you live in a like a live venue, right? Like, but from the articles you write and and some of the little skits you do on TikTok and on, on our gram, it's it's quite evident that like you you merge those worlds or those lessons, I think, or those ideas quite well. And I remember like your comedy is punching up for the most mm -hmm. part or near enough always isn't it it's, it's, it's clearly Wait, punching what do you up. mean but what do you mean punching up so um sorry if i sound a bit um no no not at all this is this is comedy industry lingo i just wanted to throw that in there just just to do you know what I mean? signal to the comics that i know what i'm talking about because <laughs> <laughs> i am I, a comedian guys yeah no, no i'm not i'm not so i wouldn't classify myself as a comedian because I just haven't done a proper like stand-up show. So I used to do stand-up, by the way, for those that don't know, for a couple of years. But I never really committed to it long enough to actually form an artistic. Really, idea. I would dis. I would disagree. Okay, I thought me you'd too. Strongly. For many years. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, so where I was gonna land, right, is that I don't think I've committed to it long enough to have landed on a very clear artistic identity as a comic. So or a voice, yeah. yeah, like like a like a voice. Like I would just constantly try out a whole heap of stuff just for fun and just to get laughs. Whereas mm -hmm. the work you're doing, Sunda, 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 is Sunda, Sunda. Yeah, I need to lock it into my head, or it just doesn't <laughs> that's stay. That's, that's it. We just got to keep on saying it. You know, that's <laughs> how we learn, isn't it? Yeah, learning. Um, yeah, yeah. Is actually like you're, you're crafting messages, you know, and you're you're leading. You're working towards communicating certain ideas and opening certain conversation. I wasn't doing that. Like, if I go back to some of my comedy stuff, Jesus Christ. Like, I've got a massive folder. <laughs> Actually, what would be fun one day is just to meet up with you 
And just, I want you to look over some of this stuff and say, Ruben, don't ever say that again. <laughs> just don't do that. <laughs> or that's wrong. Or that's not even funny. And maybe I'd have about a four minute show after 10 years of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have more. 10 years of material, man. But yeah, so from going back to Aaron's question about punching up and punching down, as far as I'm aware, punching down is a, taking a cheap shot, you know? It's like making fun ah, okay. of... of no hanging fruit, like you're saying. Yeah, like just easy jokes. Oh, you got the second a cheap really shot, long yeah. neck. You know when people are like, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. homeless. Oh, he smells like a tramp. What, yeah. Whatever, man. Whereas That term's used up. a lot in... Um, in I'd say like social and current affairs as well. Like if you're mm. thinking about like the consequence chain in let's say a workplace, um, like a supervisor might punch down, which means the people below that person would feel the repercussions of something rather than actually mm. go into the person that's actually accountable that might be more senior. Mm. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and, and you can find the same kind of dynamic like across like gender and sexuality, for example, or class. So mm. how where we tend to, um, it's a survival thing, right? Like we tend to tackle the person that's either eye to eye or the person that's below us mm -hmm. um, in a way for us to, put us at an advantage mm. yeah okay so basically making you know the expense of the joke on somebody yes. who's at a higher status yeah. than you in terms of whether that's social yeah. standing or you know racial standing whatever that might look like um Got it. and in terms of power if they have more power then they're all game so you know like i can make fun of <laughs> white straight Sick. men all i want and not get canceled for it <laughs> but um that, yeah. that has a strong link to cancel culture then as well though right yeah, I think so. And I think that's why cancel culture has been made a joke of is because people are so um, they're so sad they can't make easy jokes anymore. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they have these books of 10 years worth of material <laughs> that <laughs> might not work today. And they're like, fuck, yeah. like I would have been able like I would have been you know mm, the king of so my day and yeah. all of this all of my artwork is shit now because of you shit <laughs> on, on twitter because and of accountability <laughs> god damn it yeah. <laughs> shit, it's so mad it's so true though man yeah. i mean or work harder yeah, yeah or work, or work harder or work smarter yeah no that is true but imagine <laughs> though imagine though right you've built your whole career on punching down you've made mm. a ridiculous like lifestyle which you are now like, like that sustains your life. And mm. then all of a sudden everyone's like, actually, no. Like you're yeah, obviously you know, going to have some frustrations. You, you obviously yeah, have to fix up, but you're going to be pissed. Yeah, but you're going to be pissed because you've never had to think about the accountability correct, of what correct. your stuff has, right? Yeah. So. And you're yeah, only pissed it's because it's like inconvenient. Like yeah, sorry. Yes, inconvenient. No, no, go on, go on. <laughs> it's inconvenient to you. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you're the, you're the taxi cab, black cab, cab driver um, who's mad at Uber. But yeah. when you're the when you're the customer, you're you're like, yes, this is the best. You know, this is for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, and it's cheaper and it gets me where I want to get and it's helpful. Um, whereas like, why am I paying so much to get a, a cab? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's the same sort of, um, situation I feel like you know mm. everything evolves and here we are at a point where things are evolving mm. um, so so should the art form why shouldn't we um, evolve the art form yeah absolutely right you know what as I've grown up 
as I've, I've grown more mature, which is debatable, but at least more self-aware, more aware of how the world and the systems operate. I look back at some of the stuff I found funny, yeah? Like when I grew up, I used to go to comedy clubs and whatnot. I used to find stupid shit ridiculously hilarious. <laughs> and sometimes I still do. Like I really love like rich intellectual comedy. But at the same time, I can just laugh at some real dumb shit. Like I float right. in between both. But some of the comedy I used to laugh at, I like... I just can't laugh at them again. Like someone sent me um, a video of a um, of a bit by uh, Bernie Mac. Is it? It's Bernie Mac, uh, right? That was his name. Yeah, yeah, Late yeah, Bernie yeah, Mac. Yeah, he was yeah. for me. It was yeah. ridiculously funny. But it was this bit where he was just cussing um, or taking a piss out of someone in a club on a wheelchair. And my mm. friend sent it to me. He was like, "Oh my god, look, this is so funny." <laughs> I looked, I watched it. I was like, this is, this is fucking disgusting, man. Yeah. And, and I messaged yeah. my friend back. I said, what is this? He goes, it's funny. <laughs> and I said, this is a fucking joke. This is ridiculous. And then we got into it and then they just stopped sending me. <laughs> They've stopped sending me stuff because they don't want to feel guilty about laughing yeah. at bullshit. You know, you know, you know, it's so crazy about that situation. Like, I haven't seen that video, Ruth, but um, for context, the last live show I saw Ruben in it was a smaller gig rooms and it was, I can't remember, it was in a pub and in South and I came down and so Ruben is doing his stuff. I'm always there because I actually always find Ruben's stuff funny. So even when it's dead silent, he's got a bank of someone laughing like his fucking ass off at his joke. <laughs> and the, <clears throat> the dude that smashed it that day, Rubes, was um, a guy in a wheelchair and his whole set was around his disability. Yeah. And it was like fucking, like his whole set was flawless. Yeah. Like, and obviously at the beginning, people were like, mm, I don't know if I should laugh. And then he started taking the piss at the audience that they couldn't laugh and everyone, but yeah, he killed it. So yeah, I guess it's owning, it's the people that take ownership of, of those conversations as well, which is really interesting. It's like, like you say, the art form needs to evolve, but if it was, the, the context right of who's actually mm. saying the jokes as well is so important now mm. yeah, yeah staying in your lane with like in terms of who you're talking about um and who you're making your art form is is so important as well right like you can't be speaking to or about other communities that aren't you know your experience yeah um mm. it's 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 uh, and i you know people will be like oh well, then can't we do accents anymore and can't we do you know all of these things and that is like, a li that's a question can we can i <laughs> yeah well, yeah where do you draw the line help I'm, me out i, I still don't I know, do know where what, yeah. i fit on it yeah i think ahead. like the line is so um the line is a duck no the line is there like it's but you have it's not as like hard black and white like i think it's about how you're communicating and what in what relation, if I was doing an accent from America and I, it was part of my set, like how does it how does it relate back to me or the character that I'm performing in? Mm -hmm. And I think though it's, it's again drawing comparison with, um, I think it was the Me Too movement when a lot of guys were like, well, can I not flirt with someone then? And it's like, why don't you just interrogate what your flirting's like? Yeah. Why don't you interrogate what con consent's mm. like? What's your intention yeah. behind this? Like, it's not actually about the flirting itself. It's that some people are saying that they feel uncomfortable with this culture. And now you're asking yeah. for the same person to now analyze your behavior and do the work for you yeah. and then tell you what you can and cannot do. But then that sort of, it, it takes the humanness out of it, right? Like to make like a checkbox. Mm. And I think go, going back to comedy, um, a lot of those people that don't, you know, are in uproar saying I can't make these jokes, 
they're not used to being um told they to can't to, do something to, well yeah to, exactly <laughs> told they can't do something challenge but then also having to think creatively with consideration for other people mm. it's that consideration mm. bit because in order to consider other people you have to really look at yourself and if you've made your set based on jokes about other people without incorporating how your your relationship to them is or who you are within that conversation what does that say about your own identity as a as an artist or a performer yeah and i think the human experience is like you're right it's like it's like the fact that they're not comfortable with being told they can't do something doesn't mean they can look elsewhere to find like if you're creative and you experience the world in a very specific way and mm. and that lens is a comedic lens then I'm sure you can pull inspiration from something that isn't problematic. Find something that it that that isn't right, and and just do yeah, that. But I think people that it re, it really runs deep when they're just told, especially when a culture of people have have for a long time never have to to think about that or been told mm. that they can't do something. It fucking runs the wrong way, there, man. Mm. Sunder, did you always um, tap into your Tamil roots with comedy, or did that come later on? Uh, with comedy, it's it's always been a part of it. But I mean, yeah. growing up in in Toronto and specifically in Scarborough, East Toronto, if you've ever been, my auntie uh, lives there. How about yeah. that? Nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I should have. If I got my mum, like who walked in earlier, if I got my mum on on the app, she'd like go nuts mm. knowing that you've been or you lived in Scarborough. She like she she's been there herself, and she just yeah. talks about it all the time. It's the best. <laughs> is it actually? <laughs> yeah, it actually is. Um, but you know, like I, I speak, read, write in Tamil. Um, so I create in Tamil as nice. well. Um, and kind of bridging those those two worlds has always been kind of a, a place for me. And I think that that's also been informed by, you know, just growing up queer. I often felt that I needed to drop the Tamil part of me in order to be queer. Um, in 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 terms of just queer spaces in general so mm. through my comedy i've been able to bring those things together and focus on the things that make me happy you know and, and that's my identity is is tamil um and so that's why even in my sets everything becomes uh and my comedy everything is is a part of that tamil is a part of that sort of political stance as a tamil person um and so it's it definitely informs my comedy and also um what i put out into the world and what people um take as my brand i would say mm. yeah that always reminds me of that quote that michelle obama had in her book where it's like the most unique thing about you that no one can steal is your story and you mm. really have to own that so it's so good to hear that that's kind of that that's informing your creativity and your work sorry rubes who's gonna go now i was gonna say like one of the best quotes i've heard from a comedian about comedy was by tim minchin are you familiar any of you guys familiar with him i haven't heard of him no. he's a he's a he's a massive musical comedian i think he wrote matilda as well absolute left field oh, creative genius i mean some of my mad remixes and all that mad experimental shit is based on some of tim minchin's like abstract work but he said comedy is the yeah. best way to sugarcoat a pill mm. and i really a pill, a pill. okay yeah, yeah. Getting, getting someone to swallow something getting getting something new medicine into someone mm -hmm. you know like comedy mm. is such a great vehicle for that um and only when i started to think like that did i start to change my i think my favorite comedians started to change. Mm. Do you know what oh, I mean? Who is it before? 
So it would be, um, I mean, I'm a massive fan of like, in in the UK, Mickey Flanagan, for example. Yeah. It's just because like, yeah, yeah, going out, out. like it's just because he's from, <laughs> out, out. he's from our area. <laughs> like there's such a connection to culture via his stories. Um, but there's still like just random silly things. Whereas the comedians that I think, like obviously Dave Chappelle does great work. I think Chris, Chris Rock, Rock does great work. Louis C.K. sometimes crosses the line, but still unpacks um, some interesting ideas. Um, yeah, I think that's they're, they're top line. Bait it's it's definitely not Kevin Hart, is it? Really? <laughs> See, the thing is, what's your thoughts on Kevin Hart, Sunder? Honestly, because we'll never he'll never come onto this show. He's not South Asian, so it's all good. <laughs> are you allowed to talk on other comics is that is that something comics do <laughs> wait did you ask my opinion yeah yeah and then i'm like who's your who then the next question is who are the comics that you really like oh shit okay um <laughs> okay so i mean i'm gonna go and and talk about dave Chappelle first because <laughs> 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 meet us where we're at in it like yeah, slowly ease us in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and i will say you know dave Chappelle is a legend right? yeah he is uh what i consider a legend and, and, and an intelligent comedian yeah however he hasn't moved with the times he hasn't changed with the times right and i think his latest special really spoke to that and kind of was like really man i expected more from you but you just showed me that you haven't evolved your art form you're living on your brand you're living on what you have built over the last mm. you know whatever amount of years and you continue to do what you've always done so cool but you don't add you, you you're no longer one of my favorite comedians wow. right and and one of the things about that was like he you know he made trans jokes he made queer jokes and then he justified those jokes with saying you know I have a trans friend who was in the audience who fucking loved it, right? Or just like, and there was parts of that special that really irked me. I was like, really? You're going to do that? You're going to, there's nothing else in the world you can talk about but that at this point. Like, it was just not it for me. And then mm. the harm that that can cause, and you think about the impact, because not everybody is looking at it from a smart lens, like, oh, he's just joking. Or like, he is very being very intelligent at the fact that he is, um, you know, making these jokes to people who understand the queer communities. Mm. No, you need to think about the dumbest denominator yeah, watching that comedy. Yeah. Who the, are the, the majority? Yeah. Who are they? Who are the majority? Exactly. Yeah. Who is the idiot who is watching Dave Chappelle and thinking, oh my God, like this guy is so true. Cancel culture is um is ruining comedy, is ruining my thoughts, uh, my homophobic thoughts, and my ability to make those judgments of other people. Mm. So that was my hot take on wow. Dave Chappelle. Interesting, um, but I, you know, and there there are pieces of, and I, and this is kind of how I consume art form in general. Is like I never sign off and saying like, okay, this person is the best. They're like end to end my absolute favorite comedian or artist. You pull aspects from different artists, from different people mm. in general. Like even when people say, okay, who's your, um, who do you think is an idol? Who do you think you, who do you think is like the best person in the world? Like, I don't think there's anybody like that. I don't think we, we, we can really put like Obama. Okay. I like the way he speaks, but I don't like his politics or I don't like whatever, you know? So there's different things. I, I mean, there, there are people you can't find anything you like about, for example, Trump, 
Um, but (laughs) 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 like, yeah, you know what I mean? So there's like, I I find this idolization of finding the perfect person or individual. And even myself, I never want anybody to think, oh my God, Sundar is an idol. I want them to be like, oh, Sundar's funny, or I like this about him, this about him. But I don't think anybody is perfect or should be put on this pedestal of being celebrated as an amazing person. Mm. Um, But on the, on back to your comedians, I particularly like, female comedians um they and and for the most part they do punch up mm. um i'm trying to think of who i'm thinking of uh, do you like ali wong ali wong that's the name <laughs> i was thinking of I'm yeah. like wong what's the first name um and i think i really what i really like about ali wong is one she sets like she gets she gets relatability yeah and she understands what her audience is like kind of going through her office bit on taking a shit out the office is one of my favorite kind of <laughs> um, things that people can relate to. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I like, I, I just love, I, I love Ali Wong. I love what she produces. Um, who else is there? Yeah. I don't know. And then like, and then there's people like who should just retire like Ellen um, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute uh, why why do you say that because she's 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 peaked man she's 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 at a point where i feel like she has lost touch with her audience she's no longer a regular joe anymore so mm. when you re- achieve eclipsed, so much yeah over so many years fully you become... eclipsed <laughs> yeah fully eclipsed <laughs> Ruben <laughs> yeah Oh, oh mate, that's too funny because you're just ad libbing on the side, and I'm just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, 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 fully eclipsed, man, fully. Eclipsed. No, like she's so sad. Baseball games with George Bush, like she's she's <laughs> she's cancelled in her own right. Like yeah. just because you know, just because you're queer doesn't give you a free pass at being you know. Mm. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when, when I saw her yeah. last, her last, her last, um, I don't know if it was HBO special or whatever it was on Netflix. Mm, she relatable. opened, yeah, she relatable, right? Yeah. That was it. Was that that was a title because she? That's what that, it's called. Yeah, the, the yeah. whole show is about owning the fact that she is now a superstar. Mm. So, couldn't you give her some bly there, or do you think that's just capitalizing on something in a in a in a clever way? But you're still just never going to relate to us because you're too far gone. Yeah, I think that's it. I think mm. I think com- comedy in general. This is the other thing that um is always interesting to me is because when i come to when when i when i say i'm a comedian i'm like i'm also have a bit of anxiety of who i'm saying that to because (laughs) i don't know if i'm going to be funny to you know karen at work it's so true in it it's (laughs) such a heavy it's such a heavy term it really is i guess yeah, is you can pressure? say I'm a filmmaker. That they're not, yeah, they're not going to say make a film. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but for fucking comedian, they'll tell me a fucking joke. Fuck off. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so when people say that to you, what do you do? Oh, you're funny. Go on, tell me a joke. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, I, I usually say <laughs> pay me, and maybe I'll tell you a joke. Ah, uh, very good. Do you know what I? Do you know what <laughs> I used to do? When they, when they used to ask, they say, tell me a joke. I said, yeah, I'll do one more. I'll, I'll, I'll one up it. I'll, I'll show you a joke. Have you got a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just hold a mirror up in front of them. And usually they're just like, oh, I don't really like you. Um, and uh, Which is great at the time because we don't have to speak then... anymore. 
<laughs> it's usually good. Um, just, just repel the audience. Yeah, man, shut them down, man. Do you like? Oh, so Aaron's got a thought, but I've just got yeah. Lo- no, this yeah, I had a, I had a question for everyone actually, and um, it came up, Rubes, as you were just asking um, us like our favorite comedians and stuff, and I've noticed like for the South Asian community, we, we've spoken about representation within film, TV, and media. It seems like that is the first big and when i say like hollywood representation is where we're finding like solid south asian kind of contribution so like i've just made a quick list here and it's like uh, aziz Ansari, mindy kaling hassan minaj kumal nan nanjiani harry i can never pronounce his surname kondabulu and then obviously ramesh and russell like what are your thoughts on the fact that it is the medium of comedy that we've mm. been most received through within the space of the Hollywood or, you know, TV system. Sundar, I'll let you speak on that, man. <laughs> um, I don't, I, that's, a, that, that's, that's a great question though. That's a it's great, interesting it's observation, really isn't it? Which just literally yeah. landed now. I like, never really what? thought about that. <laughs> it was earlier on, I was thinking, uh, my question was going to be, do you think that, south asian people are like naturally funny <laughs> and do we use comedy as like a as a, like a vessel right to like as an entry point into many places so it's mad that you asked that Aaron. it's a coping I, I see it as a fairly so i've got a, i've got a thought on it which doesn't feel that optimistic but i feel <laughs> like they they can't see us as Serious a romantic guys. option not as a romantic option mm. or a like a I don't know, like a, a Blanc's hench action uh, ob- option. And I'm talking within desire. the space of, yeah. And, and and I think comedic is quite safe. And it's usually, maybe it's because it's it's often like, it's never a lead often. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's helped them navigate the system a little bit better. Like, okay, cool. You can be here, but not yeah, lead yet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, it's interesting, but um I yeah, guess that I speaks know. though to like the fir- like maybe like the functionality of comedians or side characters previously, but as we're seeing more um, South Asian people creating their own shows in within the mm. comedy as well and choosing that as an actual art form, I think maybe it could be said that some of those um, some of those uh, people are ch- like are choosing right and like there's. There's a, you know how we said before, like you can you can speak on current affairs or politics through comedy if you do it mm. right and really well, mm. it really does hit. Mm. And so maybe there's something in that type of storytelling and being able to still express and touch on really serious things. Mm. And I think we, on that, like what you mentioned there, what I really like is that it's you know it's no longer about Hollywood. Like I right. don't. I don't that's that's mm. not my end game. I don't yeah. give a fuck about Netflix. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's not my audience. That's not who I want to speak to, right? So I think mm-hmm. this is the other thing is that, you know, with OTT, with um uh, uh, the internet and with sort of being able to find your audience in your niche and build your brand with the people that you want uh, and become mm. mainstream to the people you want to be mainstream to. Right. I think that is so important. And that is what Mm. is going to sort of change this culture of kind of trying to find our um, what's it called? Our validation from Hollywood telling us that we're good or that only an Oscar is what 
validates us or the grammys that validate validates us and we're seeing that we're seeing that with with um with black <laughs> uh, black artists and black music and how much they've been um overlooked in, in in these in these in these spaces and them coming out and saying we don't give a fuck we're gonna create we're gonna make yeah. money and we're gonna find other streams of revenue and that's that's what i'm saying like you find where your power is you can find where the people are so it doesn't really matter what you know, and then the, and then the funny thing is the reverse begins to happen. They come looking for you. Netflix will come mm, looking for you. Ironic. Amazon will come looking for you because they're running out of content. They need new content. They need new new creators and they need new ideas. And where do they go? They go to the people who've been doing it and to these the edges. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, try yeah. to rebrand it and shape it for whoever they want to uh, to do it for. So mm. I think it's so important that we recognize the fact that. It doesn't really matter what mainstream is. And and people have come to my show and it's like, oh, okay, you know, like, are you thinking about, you know, mainstream or like making your jokes <laughs> more? Everyone hates the hate. So are you much. are you thinking about whitening your jokes in anyone? I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Like done. that's not that's not who I am and that's not who I'm you know, who I'm going for. Like if I you know, I'm not Ramesh. I'm not, you know, I don't have that experience. Ramesh is his own brand of comedy. He's a very British comedian. Mm. Um, mm. You know, he's very coconut, as they would say. Mm. Um, and I, uh, you know, I have a very Tamil, you know, sort of, I, my comedy is based on the fact flavor that, um, and flavor yeah right yeah seasoning yeah, yeah, if yeah. you will so no no that's such it's such a good point it, yeah. that's that's an amazing point it's like it's like it's been it's been remixed and like the whole system has been is is evolving now as well mm. right so yeah but I think like there's some really push... important questions no, I was saying I think there's yeah. just really important questions when you're starting out or maybe if you're checkpointing within your own creative process who am I wanting to speak to mm. and what like is there this is there a desire to move beyond the audience that are already here and if so why mm. why is it that I want the validation or attention of that other that other space yeah interrogating um, that sorry to cut you Aaron yeah no I was thinking like I um that just kind of develop that point a little so yeah it's definitely evolving and like i do see those kind of institutions and you know the fact that emily in fucking paris got nominated like everyone's like oh, what God. are the institutions about now and stuff but i then think there will be a another evolution or another step because i still do think there is place and space for like tastemakers and people to curate because at the same time it wouldn't me personally wouldn't like it to just be in like an echo chamber of small niches, right? Like, because then if like, say, for example, you, you're just going to this audience, but then without, I've always benefited and looked for different tastemakers to be like, put me on new shit as well. Mm. So I think it's, if it can get to a great balance of, of that, then that's, that's always going to be great. Mm. And it's also good to build your craft with that community because it's the most forgiving and it's the most accepting um okay. or who gets you the most so you're able to like i mean i'm not a seasoned com comic i've only been doing comedy for what two years so i'm able to especially doing it to a new audience who hasn't experienced queer thumble comedy before um, <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they're in for so they, they're, they're just happy to have a laugh if anything um, <laughs> so i'll charge you 25 bucks to come in and it's not even like you know like Pol polished polished yeah. right and you'll yeah. still have a great time because it's like you've never seen anything like it and that's another reason i don't put it online is because once it's online in an imperfect format yeah. then uh, it's fully judged 
on it's, that. It's judged and it's it's garbage. Mm. <laughs> wow, garbage is a strong word for your it. work. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm aware that you said you got a hard stop at five thirty, and when we're recording mm. this now, it's five thirty. So do do you need to shoot now? And be honest. Uh, it's quite tidy at fifty nine minutes, man. Sick. Yeah, no. <laughs> that. It's so looking no, nice. I'm looking at I'm looking at the time right now. We've got forty seconds, guys, to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Go, 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 go. <laughs> if there's any yeah, if there's any like sort of something that's kind of like we need to wrap up in the next two, three minutes and yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I'll, I definitely I'll... wanna know where you're where you're moving your if you have plans and where you're moving your comedy into and or where you're at right now and what you're really enjoying. Mm. I'm still figuring out what what the balance of, I know there's so much value in building a personality online um, and building comedy online and what the balance of, I don't know, saving my material or saving some things mm -hmm. for myself or for in-person experiences. How do I balance that out? And then how do I not... Um, feel bad when somebody else gets to it because everybody I, I feel like on TikTok especially this everybody has had every experience you've ever imagined and hyperanalyzed and overanalyzed it and made it into a 10 second video and now they're it's just like what I had that joke I didn't tell anybody yeah. that joke how is that on my page oh, wow. now <laughs> shit man yeah. it's like the stakes are so high it's so it's really so high yeah mm, like, for real fuck fuck it hell you, <laughs> you, you know what that's why long form called content but make a film for four years yeah yeah <laughs> people just swipe left no thanks after mm -hmm. that all that work <laughs> that that's yeah. a that's a really i mean that's a really challenging but interesting um palaver to have mm -hmm. i guess um i i, I do think though there's going to be such a hunger towards live events once we start opening up from lockdown for obvious mm, reasons. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. bringing people into a venue and um, creating magic through improvised moments with the audience, mm. I think it's absolutely mm. timeless. And I think comics get mad kudos for that, you know, like, like the crafted jokes, no doubt is dope, but when something happens on that moment, no one can, mm, yeah. you can't copy it. And the, and the more you do that, I think, I think there's something in there. Um, yeah. And I just and want people just yeah sorry no, no, just it, on right? that note like people are way more critical online than they are in a hundred percent what are they going to oh, say 100%. when they're in front of you when you've got a mic <laughs> like, like oh that wasn't funny that was bullshit but you'll say the same fucking thing on stage and like that was fucking hilarious what is it and and are you is there are you still doing um, like writing workshops. I am. So, yeah, um, yeah I've, I've tried to, this is the other thing in Toronto, what I did um, and New York is um, I found other Tamil comics and other underrepresented South Asian comics. What I mean by that is primarily not North Indians. Um, and <laughs> that, because, you know, traditionally they have, you know, taken over the South Asian brand. And that's why I don't like using South Asian in general is because right. it gives me that Desi vibe that, speaks in Hindi, I don't understand vibe that just like, you know, like that is exclusive. And so how do we break that down? And so in my comedy and my shows, I've always made it Tamil centric so that I can have more Tamil women who are comics, more um, um, South, South Indian um, or underrepresented brown folks who are comics, um, West Indian as well. Um, and so 
that is kind of where I want to get to in London as well as finding other comics like me and other comics um, who haven't performed comedy before to encourage them to explore this as an art form as well. Cause there's people who haven't done comedy who have come on my show and, and done it or come to my workshop and been encouraged to do it. And it's a great avenue to, like we said, um, for, for politics, for social change, for all of those things that we want to see in society, it's a great vehicle. So there's so many talented people. I feel like, if I can bring along four or five other people just like me, it'll be a bigger impact than just me being a solo comedian with one story love to tell. That. That's dope. Like, Sweet. run that love show. It. We would love to come down when it's up and running. And if we can help promote it in any way, please, please let us know. And if you're doing like five minute spots, I might just bring out some of my old stuff and give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> With a four-minute show, yeah? One minute to spare. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But thank you very much, Sundar, for, for coming on. We really appreciate you, um, yeah, just sharing the ideas with us. Like, I love what you're doing. And I must say, like, I've interviewed, like, loads of comedians over the years on different podcast shows and live on stage as well. And what I absolutely love about you is that you're one of the comics that doesn't always... You know, there's so many comics that take up so much Perform. space. Oh, yeah, they're so performative. Gosh. You bring them on a show, they're any second to bust a joke. But the fact that you can listen and respond, I think you're going places. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah um just echoing ruben thank you for having well thank you for having us but we thank you for being on the show man um <laughs> and yeah i guess rubes did um i don't know if you asked uh, is there any kind of places that people can find find your work or discover your work do you want to just like kind of shout all those social bits and pieces out sure uh it's sundar v s-u-n-t-h-a-r-v uh, on instagram on twitter on tiktok and now on clubhouse um Jeez. but Jeez. <laughs> no, your tiktok is so oh, funny by the way voice? especially the yeah. clubhouse one <laughs> the, clubhouse, yeah. the clubhouse impressions you got the hilarious clubhouse voice as well you're set, on lock. your brand is being built <laughs> yeah. It's just Vikram from Chicago who wrote ah, it. Works. Close to the <laughs> mic. <laughs> yeah, I need to Brilliant. sign up to those um, erotic stories. Is that what you're doing <laughs> as well? I can't Bear get to sleep at the moment. Bear side hustles, man. Get that money. In it, Sundar V on Dipsy. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, Sundar, thank you so much for joining us. It's been wicked. It has. I hope to meet you all in person after lockdown. I know you're in our city. Let's yeah, do this. Let's do it. What is this behavior? Ah, uh, you, you know what? I reckon right now, whatever time you're listening to this, right this second in time, Aaron is listening to Erotica. <laughs> and maybe by now... Sunder's actually like expanded his portfolio. He does do erotic voiceover, nichely for for Tamils. I think uh, I think that is one hell of an untapped market to say the least. Get that money, I would say. Um, also, maybe he's got an OnlyFans page. Who knows? You know what I mean? Diversifying portfolio, upskilling, opening new audiences. I know the hustle is deeply inside him, and he's going to be on it. So. All power to him, I would say. Right, if you do want to follow, find, listen to, connect with Sunder's work, 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 you can find, I think the best thing is, and he's the first one actually that we've promoted this way, check out his link tree. Jeez. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash 
Sundavi, which is S-U-N-T-H-A-R-V. You'll find him, you've got links to everything on there. But while I'm here, I'll say TikTok is at Sundavi, S-U-N-T-H-A-R-V on TikTok. It's also the same on Instagram because his branding's on point like that. Jeez, I love it. Um, you can find us, us as in What Is This Behaviour podcast. You can find us on Instagram. It's at What Is This Behaviour podcast. On Twitter, we are at WITB underscore podcast. But for a richer experience, check out our website at What Is This Behaviour podcast dot <laughs> com. You can find out a little bit more about our guests. We might have some links um, on the show notes on each show. And also you can dive in if, if you're interested, bothered, or you even care enough on what us three as hosts are currently doing with our life. Um, and one thing I would say, um, everybody, is if you could rate us on Apple Podcasts, that would be helpful. Um, obviously, an honest rating would be helpful. Um I mean, even if you're not feeling the show, maybe even let us... Actually, don't. No, no, that'll take us down. DM us. If you <laughs> if you want any beef, DM us and we'll sort it out that way. And we can learn and we can improve. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Go follow Sunda when lockdown opens up and he's got a, a stand-up gig on. Come down with us and let's just all heckle him. Let's make him stronger because he's already talented. But you know what I mean? We've got to grow. We've got to grow our community, man. All right, people, much love. Till next week. Peace. What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it.